This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Time. Leisure time. Some of us put our leisure time to good use. The Dale Jr. Download. Some of us put our leisure time to good use. We're back again! We're back again! Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. And we talked about it last week. Daryl Waltrip was our guest. This is part two of that interview so good so many great stories we're gonna have to have him back mike we didn't even get to uh everything that we want to talk about we had him in here for about two hours but uh part two man it's uh it's some good stuff so let's get to it The crowd stands anticipating the green flag. Hansen and Waltrip bear on a corner number four. Hansen gets a jump. Waltrip goes to the inside of Hansen into corner number one. He holds the line. said Waltrip had installed some trick things on the first suspension of his race car that he thought would work to his advantage as the right side tires begin. Darrell Waltrip looks like he's in control. I didn't want to give up that lead. I wanted to win this sucker, and uh, it's just a great day. It's fun to win at home, I tell you. <laughs> Dick Beatty would be real proud of me. He could pull that sucker out, and she's stock as he is day long. <laughs> Eat your heart out, on heart. <laughs> Daryl Waltrip, this is part two of that interview. You know, for somebody in his first race that was so concerned about whether your car was cheated up, <laughs> Junior Johnson, Yeah, I mean, part of his legend yeah. is that he could, what do we call it, innovative or, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. creative. Yes, oh, yeah. we call it, uh, Chad House creative. Yeah. Uh, were you still uh, concerned about whether your car was legal or not at that time, or were you had mm. you come to gr- uh, come mm. to grips with it? That wasn't my car. <laughs> <laughs> now you're fine. Junior's car. You've learned to cope with yeah. it. Yeah. Well, the, Junior was he was a pretty big fanatic about a lot of things. One thing about you could not run a big motor. I mean, that was no, no. You could not do that. And we had a qualifying motor, uh, and I think the limit was uh, three. What is it? Three fifty eight. And we won a pole somewhere. And they tore us motor. We won pole, like in 81, 82, won a pole every week. And they tear the motor down about every other week. So finally, about second year, we'd same motor over and over again. They tore it down. It was 358.000001. <laughs> and, they were, and they were, I mean, they were going to take, they were going to disqualify us. Because of that. And, and Junior, Junior talked them out of it. I mean, Junior had a lot of, he had a lot of clout. But that was the only time that I drove that car that I ever heard or knew of us being anywhere near wow. over the limit. That was it. Now, there were other things that we may have like what? done that were not necessarily. Well, like what? Well, the, see, I, we were not rule breakers. We were rule makers. Okay. Junior had a roller cam. They were not legal. But he had figured out a way to take a flat tappet and put a ball in the bottom of that flat tappet and turned it into a roller cam. And so all these things were okay until I came along. When I came along, I said, hey, 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 can't do that anymore. We had a spacer, this really beautiful piece of work. I don't know who did it. 
tapered spacers. No, can't run that anymore. Got to, got to, got to put that away. Uh, everything that had made them special, <laughs> different, creative, innovative, uh, one by one, they took away. Yeah. Because of you or uh... because of me? I was look. I had a tough time, and I, I did it. Look, I did it to myself. I was a smart ass. You brought and, heat, and, and and so when they said you can't do that, I said why not? Or when they said, well, that's the rule. Well, that's a dumb rule. I I, I never forget. I called Bill France one day. I said, Bill, it's some rule change they had made. I said, Bill, I'd like to know who the dumbass is that made that rule. He said, you're talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, 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 I learned the hard way. I, I, you know, I'm a life experience. Jaws for a reason. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it wasn't because you were chewing up the competition. No. No, Kel Yarbrough gave you that nickname because of your interviews. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I was bad to, I was bad to go off. Did you what? know you were bad at that? Or did you know that that was uh, incurring heat on you, like you, like it ultimately did? Did you put those things together? Mm-hmm. I probably did, but I, I don't think I cared. I think right. you like, I think you tried to use it for your benefit. Yeah, I did. Like, uh, the media right. he played it up. He worked. He plays. Yeah, he played. All the role. we had, all we had was the media. We had the print media. We didn't have. Twitter. We didn't have TV shows every day. We didn't have show. We didn't have any other avenue, any other venue to express ourselves. And so I made sure that I was really, really good friends with all the media guys: Tom Higgins, Steve Wade, uh, any of those guys that wrote, you know, weekly reports or were at the track every week. I was their buddy. That's astute. And I was their go-to guy. And you know what? It really made me feel good because it happened. It didn't happen a lot, but every now and then Bill France Jr. would come put his arm around and say, you're my go-to guy on this, Mm. whatever the issue might be. Uh, You're my go-to guy. And I was, yeah, that's right. I'm your go-to guy, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm your man. (laughs) But you you know what I love, and and Dale knows this, they make rules for everybody. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and a lot of times those rules don't necessarily fit what you're doing or, or, or your situation. But they try to make rules that fits the, the entire field, not just one little guy, yeah. not one guy. One of the things that I heard that Junior and his guys were doing in, in the do car was a lead shot in oh, the yeah. frame rail. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> That's possible. Yeah. Well, and, and, and look. Everything I want to explain to Mike what what um, what yeah. that would mean yeah. is so you know you you they put lead blocks in the cars to bolt that and they bolt that in right mm-hmm. and the car makes weight and so uh, in some cars and this is not exclusive to Junior but back in the uh, back in the early eighties maybe a lot in the seventies they would fill the frame with lead shot and it had and then they'd they would keep the lead shot in there with a putty or, or a soap or anything that might could get hot and melt. Oh, yeah. And then once it came up to temp or maybe there was a trap door to open or something like that, yeah. the lead shot could pour out of right. the frame. And, and make then it the lighter. Car, then the car's hundreds of pounds lighter. Well, and here was the deal. And and everything. But the lead shot had to they, go somewhere. Yeah, they create. They would create situation for They They never thought about unintended consequences. Mm. So the car, let's just say the car had to weigh 3,700 pounds when it went through tech. So you made sure your car weighed 3,700 pounds when it went through tech. They wouldn't weigh them after the race. <laughs> I, I, st- I was at Martin's. I said, they're going through this. I said, hey, 
everything about weighing these cars after the race. And Bill Gasway was the inspector. He said, boy, let me tell you something. When that car goes on the line, it's legal. That's all I care about. Why, why would you plant that idea into their head to weigh the cars after the race, being that you were well, if they did, the beneficiary if they it. weighed everybody, I'm, I'm okay oh, with that. Yeah, yeah I got it. The top five or whatever, but they wouldn't weigh anybody. And I we always you. knew. We had the lead shot in the frame rail. That's, that's just what we did. If they put, they, they didn't have scales like they got today. They had grain scales. So you oh, had yeah. four of them. And they had a place where you drove the car up on, they weigh all four wheels and then push you off. So if they put those scales in the truck, we knew they weren't going to weigh the cars when the race was over with because they not loaded up ready to hit the road for the next race. So that was an invitation to be creative. Empty the car out. Be creative. <laughs> That's so interesting. I, I, the, you know, when I was working Where with, did all the lead shot go? Could you see oh, it? Oh, I just, I, I'll never forget. So one, it's still at a out. place like Martinsville. Oh, yeah, no, let me tell you. No, you'd love this. So Dick Beatty, he, he liked to walk the racetracks every day because he was, was, that was his exercise. So I'm walking the racetrack at Martinsville with him one day just for fun. We're walking around the track. He said, you know, D.W., there's something I don't understand. Every week I walk these damn racetracks, I see all these little bo- little BBs laying everywhere. <laughs> he said, I have not figured out where in the hell they come from. <laughs> so you got, I ain't got a clue, Dick. I don't know. Gosh, that's weird. Wow. <laughs> Need that's, to look into that. Yeah. <laughs> How long would y'all run that uh, until uh, like? Wh- yeah. When does the a- lead shot come out? Yeah. Lap one. Well, you had you had to be you had to be care you had to be care. here's here's look. Okay, so we dropped a little lead every now and then, but everybody did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, when you go to Martinsville, Martin uh, just Martinsville sticks out in my mind. Wayne Thornberry, he worked for Richard. They would take a wagon down to Richard's car. They would take the car cover off of it. They would change out the radio and the helmet and everything else. And that wagon would come back down through there, and he could barely pull it. It was so loaded <laughs> up with, with, yeah. with lead and everything else. <laughs> and, and so the tires would be, you know, squished down. And, and so every, it wasn't like you're the only guy that was sure. smart enough to do it. I mean, there was other ways of heavy helmets, heavy radios, heavy whatever. Yeah. But this is, this is pretty cool. So you have a jack stop in the frame rail where you jack the car up. So that's where we let the lead shot out at. And so I had a little wrench, this little T-handle. I'd I'd undo that. I'd back that that center of that jack stop out. All the lead shot would go out that hole. (laughs) You were the one that— He had to engage the— You were the one. In the car? You're like the wizard behind the curtain sitting there at the controls of the lead shot. We we didn't do it every week. We just did it every now and then. But anyway— (laughs) <laughs> so we're at Mar- we're at uh, Bristol, and uh, it was under caution. I, I didn't do it right. So under caution, I backed that screw out, and uh, and uh, all of a sudden, all that that I guess that lid had gotten wet or something, and it didn't come out. Oh, and so I didn't know if it didn't come out or not. I just did what I was supposed to. So we're going in the race, and all of a sudden, the damn lid all comes out at one time, and I I I mean I'm in third turn. I'm just I'm about to spin out. And I, and I finally catch it, and I just shoot down pit road. Well, Dave Marcus was on pit road. So I come down pit road out of control, and they thought Dave Marcus was the one that was dropping the shot. <laughs> so they're, they're wearing his car out trying to figure out where it came from. They ain't going to find it. So they're looking at all the cars. They're going to look at I won the race. They look at the car. They take the jack. So here's the jack stop. So they put the jack, and they jack the car up. So the jack is sitting 
on the oh, door. Hole. Yeah, on the on the trap door. And they could look for a day. They could look forever. They're never going to find it. <laughs> the jacket's got the hole covered. They covered the hole. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So that, it was a lot of that was. I mean, I know that sounds kind of. It's uh, no. It's great. Like, yeah. That's what I always believe that if your crew chief isn't trying, if that car isn't illegal, then he ain't trying hard enough. I agree. And that our job as drivers and crew chiefs and all the mechanics and crafty guys back here, engineers especially these days, it's their job to find yeah. holes in that rule book. Yeah. Like you say, not break the rules, make new ones. Yeah. And it's their job as an industry, as an organization, to govern oh, yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, there were not a lot of inspectors. I mean, you know, there were, well, what, five or six maybe at yeah. the most, and they had to look after all the cars, and <clears throat> so some of them were your buddies, and they had to look the other way about certain things. And But we, literally, the things you've heard, and maybe you haven't heard these, but if we had something on the front of the car, that we were trying to get away with. Maybe we had cocked the nose or moved the nose or whatever. We would go to the rear of the car and we would do something so blatantly obvious that the inspector would walk by and say, you got to fix that. We <laughs> talked about this last week <laughs> on the got, show. Got, we talked got, about this very You got to fix that. Okay, okay, well, we'll fix it. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah. We, it's just like the boxer in the ring that spins one arm and punches <laughs> you with the other one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We talked about this very thing. I'm interested because you just said sometimes they'd look the other way. So, you know, certainly I'm not speaking of the way NASCAR would govern the, uh, the you know, the league today. But uh, but Junior had a lot of sway. Yeah. And he also was very creative and innovative and stuff. Yeah. And so uh, there were things that he could get away with, I would assume. Because, you know, the, the story that I was privy to was because I worked with Jimmy Spencer. Yeah. And he was telling about that 1994 season when Jimmy won his only two races oh, yeah. well, in that in that car. And, and I believe he said something like that Junior came up to him and said, you know, you do a way better Junior impersonation than I could. But, yeah. boy, if you can't win in this car, yeah. you don't, you need to be bagging groceries yeah. or something like that, right? Yeah. And, and I believe, if I heard the story right, that NASCAR kind of was on to what they did. Yeah. But then they, they said, don't bring it back. Yeah. And they brought it back. Yeah. And yeah. did one again, and they won again. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, I know Junior told me I, I, I said '94. I guess when Spencer and you know I love Spencer, but wouldn't say he was the greatest driver I ever saw. But I just pretty, pretty. <laughs> he could be. He could be Rough an round. adversary sometime. But so they won a couple of races at Daytona and Talladega. I think. Well, I don't know Daytona. Daytona and sure. Talladega. Yeah. And uh, I went up to Junior. I said, Junior, what the hell are y'all doing anyway? He said, Boy. We'll win every damn race till they catch us. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, I love I love doing this yeah. because you know it kind of brings back memories, yeah. some good, some bad. Sure. Uh, but the sport today, people just have no idea what it was like when we started to the way it is today. If a guy walked in the in the shop with a briefcase, we don't even come in here. Go somewhere else. Because, you know, it had a briefcase and it had a computer. Or a laptop, or yeah. Laptop. We're going to keep laps and tires. And I said, no, 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 no. We got this handled. You, you go do something else. We, we're fine. <laughs> yeah. And that was, that was really my, it's probably my downfall. Did you ever have any uh, nitro in your car? Once. Really? Oh. Yeah, one time. Well, when I went to drive for Diegard in the first year, oh, yeah. uh, Donnie, Donnie and, and Mario Rossi, they've been running every week. Nitro? Yeah. Yeah. 
and they, that's how they qualify pretty good. But who then was always, it that uh, said? Was it J.D. McDuffie sat on the pole and wrecked his car, and the nitrous fell out of the yes. Uh, frame? It exposed it. Yeah. It exposed it in the side of that's, the car. That's possible. It it, it wasn't that. <laughs> it wasn't all that unheard of. Really, to have a little, a little assistance shot of nitrous when you qualified. Yeah. Uh, normally, just when you qualified. But they only got that one time. A qualified like me and AJ Foyt. He was, I think I was on pole, he was outside, or vice versa, I don't remember which. And neither one of us had run worth a damn all day long. You know, like we're 25th in practice, but we end up qualifying on the front row. And so it's kind of <laughs> like, what did y'all do? I'll never forget, we take that car in there, and Rossi was the crew chief. And he had put the nitrous bottle in the petty bar. So it's about that long. And it's mounted cage. and covered up in the road cage. And all I had to do is stick a little wrench in there and open that baby up, and that thing would take off. I mean, I'd never done, I'd never done it before, so I was excited about wonder what this is going to do. Well, it, yeah. it wake that baby up. I'm telling what you. What did it feel like? Oh, it took off like a rocket. It put you back in the seat. <laughs> oh, I don't know that, you know, Daytona, you yeah. didn't necessarily feel it, but you could tell it was going because you're like, you've been turning 7,000, now you're turning 7,500. I mean, good grief. <laughs> when would you do Walk me through the process then. How? When exactly would you do this? On the straightaway. I mean, you know. Yeah. While you're running? Oh, yeah. While you're in yeah, the, like you'd, there. You'd go out of the pits and get up on the bank and get down, start down the back. You had this little wrench. You had it between you. Take that little wrench, reach it up and slot and that thing. And it'd take off. I mean, <laughs> that's awesome. It'd go crazy. You're doing that while you're driving at speed. Up to speed qualifying. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it, qua- right. Still, yeah. I mean, can you imagine how many people wadded up just to like, what were you doing? Yeah, well, I mean, I had to <laughs> wrench. I mean, I had to wrench that thing. I mean, you got to open it no. up. <laughs> I was I was pretty busy in my race car for a lot. Of, you know, we had we when we go through tech, your right side had to weigh so much, so we'd have a block of Mallory that was bolted to the frame on the right side to make the right side weight be right. So when we get ready to, to then put me in the car, they'd undo that. They'd give me a, a piece of just tube, and they'd put the tube where the, where the Mallory was, and I'd take the Mallory and put it over on the left side to get the left side weight up. So I, it's just – I bet the worst – But listen, this sounds really bad, I know, but it's not because there, <laughs> there wasn't a lot of people around to, to watch to – I had a helmet. It weighed 50 pounds. I never wore it. <laughs> <laughs> but it hung in the car. I had a radio. I'll never forget this. We're at, we're, at, uh, we're at Charlotte and Dick Beatty. And he comes, me and Rusty and Dale and us, we're sitting there talking one day, and he walks up, and he's got this, got this radio right here. And I said, Dick, is there something wrong with your radio? And he goes, wham! He throws that damn piece of Mallory down. It's weighed about 50 pounds. He <laughs> said, it ain't my damn radio. <laughs> he said, you want to know where we got it? And I said, I think I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I bet the worst day of your life was when they uh, introduced in-car, in-car cameras. Uh, that that, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. would have changed the game for yeah. a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, you, you just hard to get away with stuff like that. You know? <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it just, the, the playing field has been leveled. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it truly is. Nowhere, nowhere to hide things hardly, is there? No. Yeah, not, that I, not that I'm aware let's, of. Let's uh, – Talk to me a little bit about driving for Junior Johnson oh. and um, what led – so you seem to have found your home. Yeah. You seem to love the relationship that I you did. had with him. Yeah. Almost kind of like a father-son kind of yeah. thing. Uh, y'all were so different. Y'all kind of balanced each other out. Yeah. What? Uh, and you had incredible success. Oh, my, yeah. I'll never forget when I went to drive for Junior, he said, uh, you keep that mouth shut, I'll do the talking, you do the driving. 
Mm. I said, okay. And I was going to move to Wilkesboro. Uh, Junior, Junior was really big on having, leaving his legacy to someone. And mm. uh, he and Floss, they couldn't have children. And so that really bugged Junior. He wanted to have someone to leave his legacy to. And he and I became really like a father and a son, really. And uh, I loved him, and, and I think he loved me. But what muddied the water was Rick. I mean, he, he didn't like Rick at all. They were, oh. they were adversaries. Really? Back, back Rick in the was day. the new He's the new generation yeah. owner. New yeah. money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm. it, it all came to head when one day we had a set of cylinder heads that was supposed to come from Rear Morrison, and they went to Hendrick Motorsports Ooh. instead of to Junior Johnson. And somehow, some way, Junior found out about it, and that kind of tipped him over the edge. But so Rick had called me and said, uh, it was in my, it's not 86. He said, your contract's up with Rick. I want you to come drive for me. I said, are you kidding? And this was when Rick was still pretty new. new. Yeah. Didn't, they were, B&R were doing their motors, and they were still, Harry, there was just a lot of things that were not quite complete. And I said, Rick, I just, I don't think you're ready for me, buddy. Mm-hmm. I said, but, so what's the deal? He said, well, I've got this company, and uh, they want to get in racing, and uh, they want you to be the driver, and I'll pay you $500,000. That was three times. I, was, I, I went to drive for Junior in 1980, uh, in, uh, in 1981, he paid me $150,000. I was still making $150,000, a salary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rick says, I'm going to pay you $500,000, blah, 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 blah. I mean, painting this. I said, oh, my God. And I said, what's the name of the, what's the sponsor? He said, Tide. I said, really? Well, I'm driving for Budweiser, Tide. So anyway, I think I'm, now I'm, I'm just, my mind's all confused. I'm, I'm, I'm messed up. So I think, well, I'm going to go talk to Junior about this. And, and this is when Junior was having it. He, things were just, Warner Hodgson had come along and Neil, and there was just a lot of things going on that Junior didn't, wasn't really happy about, but it wasn't a, a whole lot he could do about it. I'll never forget, I walked in, I had on a pair of little half glass. He's looking at something. I said, Junior, I need to talk to you about something. What do you want, boy? And uh, I said, uh, my contracts, we hadn't, we hadn't talked about my contract yet. And uh, I said, but I just got a – Rick Henry called me, and I, so I, I laid it all out of what mm. Rick had offered me, you know, and he, he never looks up, Junior. He just keeps looking down. Finally, he looks up, and he says, let me tell you something, boy. You need to go take that deal. Well, that wasn't what I wanted to hear. I mean, I wanted him to come back with – well, I can do this, I can do that, blah, 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 blah. Counter. Yeah, yeah. A counter. Yeah. No, not, no, no way. And, I mean, he never even, he just, boy, you ought to go take that deal. Wow. And never, and that was the end of it. So, anyway, I walk out and I go and I say, well, I'm, I, guess, I guess I'm stuck with what I got. I'm not going to, I'm going to make any ways. I like them. Junior always told me, I can't pay you a lot, but you'll win a lot. Mm. And that was kind of the balance. A couple of weeks go by and I'm down to the shop and I'm, Got a new car we're working on, and I come in. I want to get the seat and all adjusted, and the whole team, 12 of them, they all come around the car, and they say, I said, what's wrong, boys? They said, why didn't you tell us? I said, why didn't I tell you what? Why didn't you tell us you were leaving? I said, am I leaving? Because I, I hadn't, you hadn't made the decision. Hadn't made any, I hadn't made any. I hadn't, I hadn't talked to Rick. I hadn't. So they said, Junior came down and said, uh, so this year, last race, your last year, he won't be driving for us next year. Well, man, you talking about panic. So, and this is for cell phones. So I had to find a payphone fast. 
So I went and found me a payphone. I called Rick. I said, hey, Rick, I've thought it over, and I'll take that deal. Mm. And so that's how I ended up driving for, for Rick. <laughs> My gosh. And it, 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 it wasn't a, it, one thing that happened, and I don't know if this is true or not. Some of the guys, Mike Hill that worked there and some of the guys, we go to Atlanta. That's in 86, and we got a shot at the championships, me and your dad. Yep. And we got a shot at the championship. All we really got to do is outrun him, and we'll win it. And we were pretty good at Atlanta at the time. And we had two engines. Uh, Brad Perrier built an engine that we ran all the time, and they were bulletproof. You couldn't blow one of them up. Then we had another guy that Jeff Wilson, he, he, his engines were make more power, but they were not real dependable. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, we were at Atlanta, and Junior comes in uh, Saturday morning. He says, put that, whatever engine that was, Jeff Wilson's motor in the car. I said, no, 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 no. No, we're not going to do that. Mm. We were going to run Brad's motor because we don't – it may not be the fastest motor, but it won't, we, we know we can finish. we finish, we'll, we'll be all right. I said, put that motor in the car. Wow. I mean, it was like Hammond and boys, they just took, took the motor out and put his motor in. We ran 30 laps, blew up. And that's how we lost that championship. Well, what I was going to tell you was some of the guys – and I didn't hear this until recently. Oh, some of the guys said that Junior walked into the shop and said, are y'all going to let him walk out of here with another championship? I don't think so. We're all going up to the mountains, and we're going to pick cabbage. Y'all quit working on that car. You can just quit what? working on it right now. And, and look, he knows that's the way, those, that's the way it was. You were your best friend or you're your worst enemy. And, you yeah. you know, you could go from best friend to worst enemy overnight. But he's also – but it's his championship, too. He's the car owner. He parked Bobby – Bobby Allison drove for him, and Bobby was going to win the championship in 71 or 2 yeah. when he drove for Junior. Yes. All they had to do is go to the last car. race, start that race, and Bobby would win the championship, and Junior didn't go. What? Wow. That's some kind that's, of grudge. <laughs> I, no, that's just that's what mountain people. They just don't. They don't necessarily think the way you think they should. <laughs> and I never look. I never heard that before, and I don't know if it's true or not. But I do know that he put that engine in that car, and we all knew it was going to blow up. I mean, always did. Oh man, do do you hold? Uh, does that still bug you? No. No? no, I didn't know about it then. I didn't know about it till recently. I got gotcha. you. Well, what year you were driving for Junior when you and Dale tangled at Richmond, right? Oh, yeah. So my question, I mean, that's obviously well documented and everybody, and I'm sure you're asked about it still today. My question to you is, was there ever anything that threatened the relationship between you and Dale? And if so, was that it? Did, like, did it literally have, did it threaten a long-term relationship? Because y'all go all the way back to the early 70s yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, Dale and I were, we were truly frenemies. We were friends sometimes. We were enemies sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we kind of had a deal. If I can't win, you ain't going to win either. Really? That's kind of the way it was. And uh, that day at Richmond, uh, we had a good car. And uh, I loved Richmond. I'd won like six races there. And I'll never forget, Junior comes on the radio. It's the end of the race, about four or five to go. And he said, Daryl, pass pass that car now. I said, okay. So I, I'm digging, I'm digging, you know, I'm getting down in there, and I'm trying, and it's about two to go. Junior comes out ready and said, Daryl, I said, pass that SOB now. I said, yes, sir. 
I went down in the first turn, and I dropped those left sides off in the dirt, and I body slammed Dale a little bit and moved him up the hill. And I'm, I'm boy, Junior is going to be so proud of me. This is great. About halfway down the back straightaway, like, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, look, I, I, I will tell you this. Dale and I, we, I, you know, we were up and down. We were all over the place. I, some, one day we were buddies, one day we weren't. But that cost Dale a shot at driving that 11 car if he ever wanted to. Yeah. I was going to ask, what did Junior think about Dale? I'll never forget. Dale came over after a race, and he was apologizing. He said, I didn't mean to do that. And Junior said, boy, get out of my face. He said, I don't ever want to talk to you again. Because Junior up to that point had thought about and wanted, kind of like the way Dale raced. Junior was rough, you know. He liked to – he didn't mind roughing people up a little bit, and he didn't mind ruffling feathers. And so he was really watching Dale and kind of keeping an eye on him. And I think if that hadn't happened, Dale may have driven that 11 car. Yeah. But that happened, and Junior, that was the end of that. And that's the way people that live in that part of the – that's the way it is. Yeah. You sever your tie. That's it. I'm done with you. Don't uh, some guy, some guy came by the shop all the time. Junior, I don't remember what his name was. Bob, let's just say his name is Bob. One day, I hadn't seen Junior. I hadn't seen Bob in a while. What happened to him? He died. Really? What happened to him? I don't know. He died. Well, he didn't die. I hope not. I no, mean, he didn't die. He just didn't. He just didn't come by there anymore. In Junior's <laughs> mind, he was gone. My anyway, gosh. that was, look, I had. I had some of the best experience. I, I learned from Bill Gardner. I learned about how they learned about contracts. Yeah, at least. I learned about <laughs> contracts. I did. When I drove for Junior, that one sheet of paper, it said, "You drive, I provide the car, I'll pay you this much money," and that's that. That was one sheet. That was the contract. That it didn't have contract. in lieu of. I, so no, no in lieu of. And we're sitting in a little dark office up in North Wilkesboro, and his, his Junior's attorney must have been ninety years old. You hear him back there in the back room going tick tick. You're on a little typewriter, you know. And my attorney, he's from he's he went to Harvard. He's a smart guy, you know. And so we're on one side of the table and Junior's turning on the side and Ed looks at Junior and he said, Junior, we've worked out everything here, but what are you gonna do to for Daryl if he wins the championship? He said, Boy, I'm gonna tell you what I'll do to him if he don't. <laughs> that's what in lieu of means in Wilkes oh, County. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it. But I did. I learned from Bill about business side of it. I learned from Junior about the racing side of it, and then I learned from Rick. Rick was like put it all together. He was the business side, but he was a racer. Sure. So he understood. He had to have contracts. Got to have agreements. Got to do things a certain way. Uh, so I learned something from everybody I drove for. Yeah. Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get the cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy all-in-one solution that will restore your cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Talking about the relationship with Dad... 
there were I can't think of any instance before that race at Richmond where you guys I mean I'm sure y'all had some you know y'all used each other up a little bit a dad was pretty aggressive but before that wreck there was really no big issue Mm -mm. y'all just raced hard yeah and dad would piss people off here and there yeah and um you were jaws yeah so uh but then Richmond happens and that was giant yeah that was a big freaking deal it was everybody in the sport was talking about it and Everybody got fined. Yeah, <laughs> and then what? How, how does? How do y'all move on? Like, how did? How did the? How did it go? You got to be around each other the rest of the year. Yeah, uh, you got to race each other on the racetrack this year. Was there ever a moment where you and Dad had a conversation nope. after that? No. Never talked nope. about it. Nope, never did. Even uh, even wow. years later, I, when you come drive the Pensacola car, mm. DEI, never <laughs> talked about it. No, I don't. Really? I, I just think we both thought it was probably better not to bring that up because really? uh, it, 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 the thing about that day was I, Dale was aggressive, a very aggressive driver. He learned how to do that on the dirt, and he, so he knew how to put people in bad situations, and he usually would come out on top. But that day it was so blatantly obvious. I mean, you know, it just – it was – he hooked me, you know. Uh, it, and I, I, I really – I hate it because I wasn't smart enough to think about holding him outside because all i had to do was stay upside but alongside of him yeah. pushed him up a little bit i win the race but i wasn't smart enough to i was just thinking about junior is going to be so proud of me because i'm going by him you had to pass it you <laughs> were that time of wreck, yeah. so but there were times when probably the only time that i ever confronted your dad about something he did on the track other than what he did to other people and that always kind of couldn't understand it but was it the 95 All-Star Race uh, when, when we wrecked? Oh, yeah, off turn oh, four. Oh. You know, uh, people don't realize this, but that was the beginning of the end for me. Mm. Uh, I'd had some injuries. I'd overcome them. But I broke ribs under my shoulder blade, and it, I, liked, I had to have relief drivers. I had a blah, blah, blah. Just, I had good people, Clyde Booth. I had a lot of good people that were working for me at that time, but because I couldn't drive, had to get – I don't know, Jimmy Hensley and different ones are great people. I love them all. But it just, the, perform, the car didn't run, just couldn't get the car to run up front like it had been. And so they all left, went somewhere else. But uh, What did he do? Busted and, his ass. Yeah, he was on the yeah. inside of DW coming off turn four uh, and just whew. lost it. Well, we were going down the back. And, and always, uh, uh, Jeff Gordon. Which You know, when I started working with Jeff, I thought, this ain't going to work. There's no way we're going to get along. In but the we, booth. But we got along. He was, Jeff Gordon's a great guy. Good team player. Good good man. Unless you're racing against him in Talladega. Yeah. Well, team player. There, there are, <laughs> we there all, are moments. We all have our moments. Yeah. You know? <laughs> all right. We all let our horns come out every now. <laughs> Keep going, though. But we're, we're – so it's the all-star race, and we got a great car. And I just run second in the second segment. And Gordon's on Poe. He won it. And I'm on the outside. Dale's third. And I don't remember who's fourth. And so I know if I get in front of Jeff Gordon, I can win that 10-lap shootout. So I'm coming off turn four and I'm coming off turn four. And I probably took off just a little wee bit early, and I beat Gordon to pass the line and dropped down in front of him going into turn one, and they threw the caution. Now, I don't know how many times in racing they've ever had a restart, but not any that I can think of. Yeah. But anyway – they came on the radio and they said, we're going to give you one more shot. You jump him again, you're going to the back. I was oh, great. So we come off 
come this time, and I have to wait, wait, and he gets a little jump, and I fall in behind him. Or, no, we're going to turn one side by side. So we're going to turn one side by side. We're going down the back. It's kind of bump, pop, pop. And out the corner of my eye, I see sparks flying. And I thought, what the hell is that? And I look, it's Dale. And so here's Dale down here. Here's Gordon here, and here I am out here. <laughs> well, I'm in a pretty good spot because I'm, I'm going to sail that thing off into turn three, and I'm going to take the lead, and I'm out of here. Well, Dale's got a whole different idea. He's going to sail that thing on the bottom, and he's going to take the lead, and he's out of here. So we go into third turn, and Gordon, smart, smart as he was, he said, these two knuckleheads are going to collide. <laughs> so he checks up. He's out. And I go in, and Dale comes up, and we slide, he slams into me. And I, it, it, TV can never do some Rex justice. I hit that wall so hard it knocked a breath. I thought, I thought, it, I, thought I was dead. Mm. Knocked a breath out of him. I couldn't breathe. I broke three ribs. I was, I was a mess. Mm. And I'll never get. So we go home and come back over on Wednesday. And uh, so I went to find Dale. I said, I've got to talk to him. So I went, I said, what the hell, man? I said, what were you thinking? He said, what were you thinking? I said, well, I was thinking I was going to win that race. I said, what were you thinking? He said, I was thinking, don't you ever go on the outside of me. Hopefully you learned a lesson. And walked away. That's harsh. Damn. But that's the way he was. No, listen. He would call me every year at Christmas. <laughs> every year. Christmas Eve. And I would just expect it. Mm. One year he didn't call me. I thought, well, maybe I missed the call. But anyway... So we get to Daytona, and I go up to him. I say, hey, buddy, uh, did you call me uh, Christmas Eve, or did I miss a call? He said, I don't have to call you every year, and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> and just walked but, but away. That's, I'm, I'm, that's I'm, the Dale Earnhardt a lot of people don't know. He <laughs> <laughs> was, was dead. I mean, I just, he could have said, oh, I'm sorry I was busy, blah, blah, blah. No, he looked at me and said, I don't have to call you every year. So, so, so do you think that there was something – more to that or i mean like no that was just it just that's just him that's no, just him on a he no, had on a bad day maybe yeah he had this sort of part of him that could be as he could he could break you in half callous, like callous. cold and callous oh yeah, yeah. just unnecessarily yeah rude yeah, yeah. i mean and like you would like, do to do and then you that. would think that's what you would say what the hell did i do to him <laughs> yeah. i didn't do anything to him we were at uh well, so we were in Charlotte, and we were running really, really good. And he came over to me, and, you know, he put the R, hey, blah, blah, blah. blah. Hey, uh, how much right front spring you got in that car? I said, I got a 16. All right, you don't have – if I'd known you are going to lie to me, I wouldn't even ask you. I said, I got a 16. I got a 14 and a 16. Why? Ah, yeah, yeah, I got a 3,008. And anyway, he left. So we're a few weeks go by, and we're at Indianapolis, and he's running really good. So I said, well, I'm going – Hey, buddy, and he's got on a pair. You know, he doesn't want anybody to know he couldn't see. He half glasses, looking at his practice sheet. And uh, I sat down beside him on the toolbox. I said, hey, buddy, y'all are running really good. I said, how much right front spring you got in your car? You know I can't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all you wanted? Good I mean, like, like I was intruding. Like, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> intruding. Had, like, some nerve to ask him Out of here. <laughs> what made him a good friend then? I don't know. There, there, he, there were, he was. There was just two Dales. I mean, there was the one you loved, my wife and he, tight. I mean, my wife yeah. and he were tight. I, they got more. She got more pictures of him and her than they do of me and her. So I just, <laughs> she loved Dale, and she witnessed the Dale, and she put scriptures in his car, and 
uh, they were really, really good friends. Uh, and Dale and I, it's hard to be, it was hard to be friends, long-term relationships. All the time, yeah. Yeah, you know, when we were racing all the time. Yeah. If you beat me, you took meat off, you took, you took bacon off my table. Yeah. Or you did something I didn't like. Or, you know, and, and I think probably Neil and Dale were, that friendship probably was, as lasted as long. And my brother, Michael, he and, he and, and uh, Dale tight. Senior were, they were good friends. Which still baffles me, by the way, because I can't uh, think. Of, well, look. Explain that. Yeah, I'll do that. It's pretty easy. <laughs> so who was my biggest rivalry when I started? Richard Petty. Where did my brother live? Richard Petty's. Yeah. And who was my biggest rivalry as we went through my career? Dale. 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 And where did where did Michael live? Dale. He, did, he was Dale's he best friend. Dale's, oh and so man. My brother was pretty smart. He's shrewd. You know, they don't like DW, but they like me. I'll never forget. My brother called me one day and he said, Man, he said, I was sitting on the couch talking to Richard and we're watching a race and I was telling Richard what was going on and Richard looked at me and said, Boy, where in the hell did you learn about racing anyway? And he said, well, I learned everything I know about racing from my brother. <laughs> and Richard looked at him and said, you don't know much, do you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> my goodness. And it was, I was so different. I mean, you know, we didn't have motor homes. And, yeah. you know, we had King Airs, and Dale wanted a jet, and he got a Learjet. And, I mean, we was always trying to one-up each other. And it, just, it was just the way it was. Mm-hmm. No, driving that one car – he, he won't remember this, but we were at Texas, and I was driving the one car. Oh, the, the one DEI car. Yeah, right. the DEI car, when, the Pennzoil car. And we're going to an appearance. It's Sunday morning, and this one, he was just starting to cup. And we're going over there, and, and, and uh, he's giving Junior hell about his setup. Because he's got, like, I don't know, a pair of 600s and a two-and-a-half-inch bar or yeah. something in the front, some, something that unheard of to us. And he's telling him he don't know what he's doing. He'll get lapped, blah, 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 blah. And he is wearing him out. And I'm in the back of my dude. He reached over and he says, will you please tell him we know what we're doing? Mm. And, and I said, no, no, I'm not going to tell him anything. You tell him. I'm not <laughs> telling him anything. But that was, that was a great that, – that really saved me. Was, you're talking about the, the ride. Set that up. Steve Park got injured. Driving a one car. Uh, and, and that's the way Dale was. He would – Kick your butt one day and hug your neck the next. Mm-hmm. You just you just didn't know, and uh, so when he called me, wanted me to drive that one car. I, 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 I first I thought, no, nah, I don't want to do that. I, that's no good, because they were struggling. Felipe Lopez and they didn't, they were just getting DEI going, and they were buying old cars from Harriet from from uh, different people, and they didn't have what they needed, and uh, had some good engine people, but there was just a lot of loose ends. And uh, but anyway, I thought about it and I thought, yeah. That's probably the right thing for me to do because I just sold my team to Tim Beverly, and he would shut the team down while they did some rebuilding, and I was kind of didn't have anything really going on, and so it worked out really well for me. And uh, it was the best thing that I ever did for our relationship because mm. we did get a chance to kind of mend some wounds and talk about some old times and things that had mm. happened. And uh, Dale paid me more than anybody had ever paid me before. How many races did you do? What did I do? Twelve, maybe. Yeah, yeah, eight or twelve. And, and when you and Dale had chances to, uh, you, I mean, you're 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 having conversations with him that otherwise you wouldn't have. What would you go out to the farm? Would wh- oh how, yeah? Where, well, when did you find moments with Dale? See, I worked at Garage Mahal. That was it, my job. I, I was a, a a greeter at Garage Mahal. Yeah, all right. That's hey. what I said I did through the week. Anyway, <laughs> when fans would come, I'd show them around. Uh, no, we just. Uh, it, it was just a, it was a kind of a fun time because you're starting something new. 
a lot of new people. Every day, truckloads of parts and pieces and equipment was being unloaded, and uh, the, the floors were shiny, and everything was brand new, and the rails up to his office were heated, and the, ele- <laughs> the heated rails. The, the, the elevator rails. where he put his car when he went, nobody there. And I, it was just getting the deer. I mean, just a lot of fun to hang out with him and yeah. ride around the back, back there where the pond was, and I don't know. We just It was kind of fun, and like I said, he paid me well. I made, I was hurting because I'd spent all my money on that race team that I'd finally gotten out of. And so I needed the opportunity to kind of revitalize my career a little bit and put a little money in the bank. And, and Dale did all that for me. And I, he and Ty North, they, they both said if things had been a little bit different and things had worked out, I would have stayed there. Park would have come back and he would have drove the Pennzoil car. And I would have probably driven the Napa car. But it just was the timing wasn't right. Yeah. The Napa wasn't quite ready for Cup. They came along with Michael later on. That's right. Uh, and they were with Hornaday, but this timing was a little bit wrong right there. So I ended up driving a damn Kmart car. Yeah. That's right. So this would have been about what, 96, 97, something like no, that? This would have been 1998, 99. 98, yeah. 98, so, you, so you were then. I was racing in an ACDOCA car. That's right. Yeah. And I winning. remember. Uh, so y'all were sort of teammates. Well, well yeah. we were teammates at, at yeah. one time. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I'll never forget, he drove Ed Whitaker's car. I think he saw him Poe at Bristol yes. and maybe went to Rockingham. Yes. And I went over to Dale and I said, Dale, I said, what's your plan for Dale Jr.? He said, what do you want to know for? I said, I'm going to try to hire him. He said, you stay away from him. Really? <laughs> he, he said, you'll pay him too damn much money. He said, I won't be able to compete with you. He said, you stay away from him. I got plans for him. <laughs> if I'm you, I don't know whether that's a compliment or, 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 or like you'll pay him too much money. Cause like, well, I didn't like, know what either. You, what, 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 what are you trying to get? <laughs> all, I know is, all I know is he said, you stay away from him. I got plans for him. Yeah. And I'll never forget he called me. He said, I just signed a $10 million deal mm-hmm. for Dale to drive the Budweiser car. Sorry. That's, that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest one at the time. I remember my lesson, uh, my driving lesson from DW. <laughs> okay. Happened at Martinsville. He was driving. I was running the Cup Series rookie year. I was. He had hit everything but the pace car. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> I was having a wild one. The whole year was a was a was a learning. Experience. This is your rookie year, I assume, yeah. right? Yeah. I count Daryl. Um, we're both a, a lap down or two. And uh, I'm not running great. Daryl's not running great. Mm. And I called him and bumped him. As soon as I got to him, I bumped him up the track in <laughs> turn one and two, I think. And in turn three and four, he had me backwards. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I should have known. <laughs> I should have known that was going to happen. DW is like, I ain't in a real good mood. No, so I, a, I wasn't having the best day. Yeah. When I go to Martinsville, I don't have a good day. There's something wrong. Yeah. yeah so that, that was kind of my go-to track. I was like, man, I kind of – I kind of knew that was coming, and I got spun out by Daryl Walter. It's <laughs> like a rite of passage. Yeah, I was going to say, of all people that might take that as kind of a cool thing, you would be the one that was like, hey, oh, I just got it. Oh, no, but he got the raft of his dad a few times, too. What uh, about uh, when we went to Japan? Oh, we, yeah, that's yeah. A, that's that's an infamous yeah. Uh, moment. Yeah, Tell and, it. The, and the IROC race at Michigan. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, wait a second. All right, go back to Drake. Do, do you have vantage points? I'll, I've only heard Dale tell these stories. <laughs> I've only heard Dale talk about the shoe coming at him. And, and uh, yeah. do, do you have uh, no, insight? Did, you know, did no. you know after Japan, so um, you drove the Yates car. Yates car, yeah. I'm, Daddy and me were pitted side by side, and he's uh, he's in Japan going through the motions. Yeah. Right? They, don't, they send some old heavy old junk car. Yeah. 
And he's just like, I'm a, I show up, I'm Dale Earnhardt, I do the Dale Earnhardt thing, and, uh, and I go home. Yeah. You know, the 24 and the 31, they got their nice stuff, and yeah. they're out there running up front. I had this car, and I'm running my guts out, right? It's a race. Yeah. So it's a win. Yeah. Remember, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, come down to the end, like a 10 laps to go, and Dad's got a set of tires in his pit, and I don't. Tony Jr. looks over at Richard and him and said, y'all coming? And they're like, nope. He said, well, I'm going to borrow them tires if you don't mind. I'm coming. <laughs> they said, yeah, take them. I come down pit road, put my tires on, come back out. I line up about two or three spots behind Daddy, and I pa- I'm, like, trying to get through as many cars as I can when the green flag comes out. We come off turn four, and I'm Dad's on my right rear. I'm passing him. And I'm thinking, surely he – I got to open the throttle up. I got to get, get the throttle down, but I can't because he's right here. Uh, he's got to let me go, or I'm, we're both going to go down this straightaway slow as hell. Side-drafting each other. So I just gassed it and come up, come up the track and and slid over his headlight up onto the grill of his car, and he shoved me all the way down the straightaway and had the rear tires off the ground and the thing driving like a forklift until <laughs> we got to the flag stand. He let me go, and I went on and passed a couple more cars, and we get done. And I'm like, man, this is great. I finished like six or something. Yeah. And you hadn't even been a cup driver at that point. Yeah. You're getting a race with these guys. Yeah. I beat Daddy, which is even better. Yeah. And uh, I'm happy. And yeah. I don't think he – that's just racing. Yeah. Right? That wasn't a big deal. I go into those little trailers they had us sitting in. Yeah. Me and him sharing a trailer together, yeah. these little rentals. I sit down, and I'm taking my stuff off. He comes in, and I look up, and I'm like, uh, you know, look like he wants to talk. So, <laughs> <laughs> I get you back. can tell. <laughs> I, I am sitting there, and he sits down and starts taking his shoe off. And I, just at the moment that I bent down to untie my shoe, his shoe went right over my head. Oh, my gosh. Oh, fast. Oh, yeah. I mean, he slung that yeah. damn thing. If yeah. it had hit me, yeah. it would have hurt. It would have hurt. And uh, never said a word. Yeah. Somebody cracks the door open and goes, hey, Junior, they want to interview you out here. I'm like, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I got up out of there as fast as I I'm could. I'm out of here. Yeah. I well, ain't never uh, – no. I never had a problem with him on the racetrack. Well, I had a couple where he was like, hey, tell Junior to stop doing X, Y, Z. Oh, yeah, Z. yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to Bristol. You'll love this because <laughs> I'm the only one that could do this. We went to Bristol and – he comes up to me and he's starting behind me and Elliot Sadler. He's like, Hey, you boys, Elliot's young, new, I'm new, rookie year. He goes, You guys, it's a long race now, Bristol. You got to be patient, got to be calm. You got good cars. Y'all be do good. Y'all do good if you're patient. This track will eat you up. First corner, he dumps the Elliot. He runs in the back of him, dumps him into me. Me and Elliot crash. I hot. No. Tore up. I am tore up. Oh no. I'm behind the wall for 50 laps, come out with no damn fenders. <laughs> and the first time I see him coming by, he he's he's laughing me and I just turned left and oh, drugged no. the whole left front fin, left whole left front tire of my car down the right side of his as he's going by. <laughs> Cuz I seen him do that. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. He done that a million oh, times yeah. to people. And uh so he got a little pissed off about that, but <laughs> I never have seen that side of him. Mm. I seen this. I seen the. I'm mad at you because you didn't do your homework. Yeah. But I never. <laughs> I never met the the mean Earnhardt race car driver like like I'm old. Like yeah. You're 
Yeah. You're taking food off my table. But in that moment, I think in Japan, I kind of got a glimpse of what you guys dealt with every uh, single week. Oh, yeah. Well, he was, Dale, Dale had a philosophy. It's pretty simple. You hit me once, I'm going to hit you twice. Yeah. That was the way he raced. But that's the way, that's the way his dad was. His dad was rough on those dirt tracks. And when Dale grew up on those dirt tracks, we, he was driving Robert G's car over here at Concord. And I, was, I had a little uh, hot rod shop called Walter Racing Center over in Franklin. And so uh, I put my name on Robert's car for Dale to drive at Walter Racing Center. We go over there, and uh, Dale, on the last lap going into turn one, he dumps like Billy Scott or Hayward Plyer or somebody. He just dumps them. And spins them out, and he comes away. He comes around. He wins the race. We're all on the truck, man. I, yeah, we won the race, Ray, man. We're great. And we're coming down where the car is, and someone to the other direction is the guy he's teaming. He dumped. Yeah. And they are hot, and they're getting ready for some action. Some they're gonna, you know, we're gonna be some fight right on the front straightaway. I'm running down the road. I said, Whoa! And I turn around. I said, I'm getting in my car. I'm getting the hell out of here. Yeah. Because <laughs> they were not happy. Yeah. And but. It was interesting to me to watch to watch how Dale operated because he knew he knew what he was doing. It wasn't like it was an accident. He mm. knew what he was doing, and he would do it anyway. He couldn't help himself. <laughs> I mean, there was something about that helmet and that image and that intimidator, and he had to live up to that, mm-hmm. and he did. Yeah, he did a lot. Well, that DW, makes me yeah. nervous when you tell that story, and I know how it ends, nervous and I still, no, I, no, I still can put myself in the room and, and oh, yeah. him coming in, and we, when I hear I pissed off Dale hour, We had a 13-hour plane ride home for <laughs> us to get over. Oh, I well, can feel the anxiety <laughs> in, yeah, in yeah. that. That would be awful. It was interesting. Yeah, well, it, one thing I knew, though, the only thing, I think about this, though, Mike, the one thing I knew, though, is that somewhere in that angry man was a a proud dad. Yeah. Even oh, yeah. Even though I knew he was so angry, I knew in a couple of days he was going to look back and go, "That's my son." You yeah. Know, that was pretty. You know, he, yeah. I liked that st- I, I I drove the I drove him the way he drives everybody yeah. else. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? But you're assuming that because he never showed it to you, did he? No. Well, yeah. Like, we like I mean, he knew about you. DW knew about the plans that Dale had for you before you ever knew <laughs> the plans. I mean, yeah. you didn't get that information until you got walked in and saw that your name on the car. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, the, the thing I think about Dale, and I think about him, it's almost it's like he's still here. Yeah. I mean, every day or right. something that comes up is like, well, what do you think Dale would think about that? Mm-hmm. I think Dale would probably be running NASCAR if he was still here, but mm-hmm. who knows. But we were at Indianapolis. I'll tell you a quick story. We were at Indianapolis. We're going to go to St. Elmo's for dinner. And he's, I'm driving, he's over here, and just hand on a car. We get to the exit, of, get to the street there, and you can't turn left. It's blocked. And I start to go, he said, where are you going? I said, well, I can't go through there, it's blocked. He said, just go between those two, you can get through there, get through there. So I said, all right, all right. So I said, and so we're going down the street, and a light up is getting ready to change. He said, what are you slowing down for? Don't slow down, you can make that light, you can make that light. So I said, okay, right. so I go through the light. What are you doing in this lane? Get over in that lane over there. Move over there. I said, I pulled the car. I said, that's it. I've had it. You drive. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm tired of you telling me where to go, what to do, how to do it. I said, you drive. He said, well, just calm down. It's just trying to help you. And I think, <laughs> I think in his mind, he, he always felt like he was just trying to help you. He had an idea about how things were supposed to be. And if they weren't that way, then they weren't the, that wasn't the right way. So he 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 was, he was a hard guy. 
to get along with. But he was he had a, he had a big heart. And he was a, in, down inside of him. There was another deal. Yeah. But he didn't let that deal out very often. He didn't want nobody to see that deal. But there was a deal inside of him that was totally different than one you saw on the racetrack. Mm, yeah. And he knows. Yeah. All right, DW. I hate to wrap oh. this up. Are we done? Oh, we man. are done for this trip. <laughs> You're gonna come back. We have to have him back. Hold we got. Oh, we gosh. got. We only got you know thirty percent. Yeah. You know, of the whole story, but um, we'd love to have you come back. Yeah. This has meant a lot to me. Yeah. For you to make this effort to come all the way here to sit down and talk to us, and I want you to know that there's hundreds, there's a lot of people that are going to listen to this show yeah. on podcast form and watch it on TV that are going to love this. Oh, and I hope so. They yeah. are going to be so happy to hear from you and and hear these stories. Um, so thank you. Yeah, you mean the world to us. It's so great to see you. You'll have to tell Stevie that we missed her. Yeah, um, we and we love her. Enjoy your enjoy your ride home. Hope it's a safe one. Yep, mm-hmm. and we'll see you again soon. Yeah, man. Well, you do a great job. I, I watch this show quite often because uh, you have all my buddies on. <laughs> and I always like to see if they're going to mention me or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do. There's always a DW story in there. They do. But anyway, yeah. I, thank you for letting me be on today. Absolutely, sir. Thank you, Daryl Walter on the Dale Junior Download. Yeah, <laughs> it's rare we get a clap from Mike. Yeah, this is I, that's, I like well. I, in all fairness, I mean, I haven't. No disrespect to any of our other guests, we've had some fantastic guests, but Dale Junior's been looking forward to this for for a while, ever oh, since wow. we had it booked. And and I I don't remember Dale Junior. In fact, I've never heard Dale Junior say this. I'm going to prepare all week for this interview. <laughs> I've never heard him say <laughs> well, he's he had a lot of good. He had week. a lot of good pictures. I will say that. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm a picture. Oh, yeah. 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 He'll have a picture yeah. of it. I love the picture. <laughs> but uh, it does mean a lot to us that you yeah. come all the way oh, this I, way. I and and uh, I've been waiting for you know we talked a couple of times about when you want to do it, when can yeah. you do it, and yeah. then nothing ever happened. And so I was excited to get to come because again I've watched this show a lot. And he does such a great job because he is well prepared. He knows what he's doing. Uh, it's we a great a host. Team. Great host. And that, I, I guarantee I walk through this shop, probably a lot of those guys out there I probably know Hell yeah. better at this shop than I do most any other shop. Yeah. Would, uh, Robert Jr. and all his crowd. And just and I see those cars, and it's just, God, it's such great memories. I will tell you that if of all this, I would take the biggest compliment for you would be the fact that our TV show was supposed to end last week. They, they're playing. In fact, we kind of said it on the show, like, all right, that's our last TV show of the year. When they found out we had you coming on, yeah. they changed their mind. Oh, wow. This yes, will be yes. the last TV show oh, wow. of well, the year. Oh, wow. good to know. But, we uh, always got to end the season with a bang. And yeah. you, you are you were the yeah. bang. You are buddy. that guy. Well, we'll just make it a date. Every year I'll come over with the end of the show with it. With Let's it. do it. Hey, <laughs> yeah, we'll make you sign a contract. <laughs> in lieu of. In yeah, lieu yeah. of. Right. Okay, it's time for my favorite part of the show, Ask Junior, presented by Xfinity, proud partner of NASCAR and this podcast. Hey, thank you um, for supporting our show all season. This might be our last podcast. I don't know. I've talked to Mike into of the year. He means not ever. I've (laughs) talked to I've talked Mike into doing more than we had planned this year. So maybe we can get something out in December. Yeah. It's time to hear the questions that you sent to Xfinity Racing on Twitter and in the chat. Levon is here with those questions, so let's get started. All right, Dale, our first question is coming from Joseph Hutzler. I was asked what sports broadcaster I consider to be synonymous with my childhood yesterday. 
What say you, Eli Gold, Ken Squire? Hmm. My favorite uh, broadcaster, and I was just talking to somebody about this the other day, Ken Squire. Um, he had these sort of squireisms, as they're called, where he would uh, describe the cars doing, you know, going around the track. Uh, a restart uh, at, at Daytona, as the cars come down the front straightaway and turn down into turn one, he called, he'd say something like an avalanche, uh, or and uh, he would use words that everyone knew to describe the action, and he gave you a real sense of the urgency and the energy. Um, he talked about thing, you know, he talked about cars, uh, as they, as if it was a land rush <laughs> to win the race, you know, and, uh, you can, you know, your imagination thinks about a land rush, you know, and, uh, uh, he just had, he would talk about cars covering a city block in a second. And, um, if you're living in a city and you don't know nothing about NASCAR and you're tuning into the Daytona 500 for the first time, you would think about a car covering a city block in less than a second would be really fast, right? And um, I don't know. He had all these little squireisms that I really enjoyed. When he would, when a car blew a motor, he'd say he's hand grenaded an engine, uh, or that the the engine's tortured, uh, or <laughs> the engine has expired, or it's gone up in smoke. Uh, he just had all these little ways, the fun ways to sort of. Um, you know, make you feel it. Nowadays, uh, I don't know that we take, we don't, but we put enough emphasis on some of those things to really help people understand the, the, you know, the, the urgency of of what's happening on the racetrack. So, um, Squire's the man. Barney Hall, mm. just perfect. He was perfect. Fantastic. for radio. Yeah, I love. You can go listen to all that stuff on YouTube or anywhere to get a little bit of understanding what i'm talking about barney hall's voice was just velvet oh was god perfect. you ain't kidding yeah our next question coming from jared lyons uh with rockingham being added to the 2021 cars tour schedule for next year do you think rockingham has the potential to make its way back on the nascar schedule they're going to need to repave the racetrack i think the surface itself is far too gone i don't even know why they're running a cars tour race there with as bad as turn one is um it's busted up really bad but uh you know they they're they're just trying. I appreciate the effort. I appreciate sort of the the idea to keeping that racetrack um, relevant. It's really important. If it ever does make it back onto the truck Xfinity or the Cup schedule, if it ever does, it'll be because of these little races like this Cars Tour race and the effort that goes into trying to have this race. It'll be a monumental effort just to have that Cars Tour race there. It really will. They'll, the people that are going to put that together, it'll be a lot of work. Credit to them, but uh, I was a little surprised to see it actually on that schedule, to be to be quite honest with you. Um, Corey is watching on YouTube. When can we expect uh, Bristol dirt on iRacing? You had any insight um, on that? I'm sure it's a matter of time. I mean, pretty simple to, to, to sort of turn one of them racetracks into dirt, but haven't heard anything. I'm not that excited about that. <laughs> Uh, in in the real world, so it's not <laughs> top of mind in the i racing uh, in the i racing world. We're working on a few other projects with them though, and but yeah, I mean it would be nothing for them to flip that switch, make, make a dirt Bristol. All right, one more question from Amanda: When will there be a DJD DBC show together? Off season? That's not maybe? up to me. Uh, so a door bumper clear, Dale Junior download, 
podcast together, I think it'd be a lot of fun. And um, I've always wanted to do it. It really comes down to just this guy right here, Mike Davis. <laughs> Put it all I, on you Mike. You laugh. But, I mean, honestly, Mike, the whole podcast thing is Mike's vision. It's his baby. And he keeps them separate for, for whatever reason. And he's he's created what you see with the Dale Jr. download is is his creation. Same thing with Door Bumper Clear. He's not chosen to mix them together for whatever reason just yet. But, I'll answer uh, that. I've kind of <laughs> tried to encourage him to to maybe have us a year end sort of get together. Be fun. I love the idea. I we got to wait till when we're kind of clear out of this pandemic before we actually start cr- cramming everybody into this table. Yeah, for and, sure. And that's that's ultimately the thing because it, it it creates a little bit of more logistical issues camera wise and stuff. We just got to get through the pandemic and then we'll cram as many podcasts together as you want. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it. Well, uh, we talk about it all the time. This is uh, this this part of the show is a little bit too fast and ends too quickly. I uh, it, I enjoy it because I feel like we're we're having a giant conversation with a lot more people than than just the ones that are in this room. Fast, it's right, just like Xfinity Internet fast. Xfinity X five, that's the that's the good stuff. Yes. It keeps me connected with great speed. I'm a customer. There's no better way to stay up to speed with NASCAR and Dirty Mo Media. That's right. Remember, everybody, Dale Jr. is here every week to answer your questions in this segment. It's his favorite segment. So hit him up at Xfinity Racing on Twitter using the hashtag AskJunior for a chance to hear from Dale himself. A big thanks to Xfinity for being a premier partner of NASCAR. Last call. We got last call. Mike, take it away. All right, buddy. Um, you know, one thing I always like to do since it's our end of the years, I'd like to call people out by name that have been, uh, you know, part of this crew that you don't necessarily see or hear on the show, right? And I want to start with my Dirty Mo Media team. I'm so grateful for Matthew. Obviously, your commitment and Leah, your commitment to this has been fantastic. But also, um, you know, James Brosan is behind a camera. Dustin Lee's behind a camera. Michael Caldwell is uh, up in his office, but very uh, instrumental in this. Jason Schultz over here, who produces Door Bumper Clear, is so in the weeds with us on Dell Jr. Download, too. So, Jason, thank you so much for your effort. Um, and so that is a team that brings you this show every week. And so uh, we're very grateful. Also on the TV side, Mark Train is over here. Uh, in the corner like I wish you could see him right now he's got his headset on thank you Mark uh, Kevin Dennis is over here Justin uh, Ottman Justin Ottman is here a lot of times and then uh, Brian Goodwin is the producer on this show that uh, really makes it all happen there's a lot of people up in Stanford and in other parts that obviously have their hands I don't know their names but I know that there's other people so thank you to all the NBC people and like Dale said earlier we expect us to drop in I, you know there's no rules when it comes to podcasting we can do stuff and we'll drop in, uh, you know, in December and in January. So there, there is no end of the year and there's no start of the next year. We're just going to, uh, you know, take a little break here for the holidays, but we'll also check back in with you. So thank you, everybody, and fantastic year. And that's it, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You uh, f- folks listening at home and wherever you are accessing your podcast, you mean the world to us. We do this uh, for you. I hope you understand that uh, – Um, We're going to continue to strive to bring you awesome content in 2021 and uh, and keep the feedback coming. Keep keep wearing out Leah Vaughn. She (laughs) she she's here to take in your feedback. Keep me company this off season. (laughs) Right. And keep the beef jerky coming. By the way, I got uh, a fan that sent me beef jerky. 
sent you beef jerky. Yes, and Dale Dale just hustled out here real quick. Oh. And if you guys want a piece, it's really good. Well, good so job. So he loses so, out. So keep the beef jerky coming. Um, listen, thank you again, listeners. Uh, we, we look forward to kicking this thing back up here soon. And take care. Have a great holiday season. We'll talk soon. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.